What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 75. That's a real thing, guys. Damn. We're hitting it. We're like 25 away from 100. That's how that works. Congratulations, Tim. Episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty, and Greg the Builder Miller. Hey, that's me. Can Master you believe this 33-year-old man is single? Now, what I've done, ladies and gentlemen, is I've decided it's time He's to available, spruce ladies. up. The Lego Dimensions portal. Mm. It's looked bare bones too long. So I bought this Lego Superheroes. F- and, you opened it like, and you opened it like a, a classic Greg unboxing would. fashion. Hey, you know what? I got to get inside of the cream. I don't no, care this, about the case. This is not okay, Greg. I'm okay with ripping it open. Now, I don't even physically understand now, how this happens. Some of the sm- this was bought at VidCon yeah. down at Downtown Disney. Mm-hmm. So some of the smush is from the bag. The bag had it smushed. And then it's got this little tearaway thing here. You pop in, you pull open. So imagine the box shouldn't normally look like this. Yes, I wouldn't have torn it up like this. I wouldn't have torn through it, but it just happened that way because the box is already weakened. Its outer structure had been weakened by my luggage and its trip from VidCon to here. Yeah, but I mean like that, that looks like something that Kevin would do, but not even like Kevin wouldn't even do that type of damage. Kevin to the DC comics. His, his hands don't have the, his hands don't have the growth. They don't have the pull. They don't have the power. They got the, Kevin's hands got some pull, Greg. Look at them. They're tiny. You put those hands in. Anyway, so what I'm doing is I bought this not to build the Batman v Superman playset that it comes with, Obviously but not. instead to get the bat uh, the bat signal mm. and put it onto my portal. Got it. So now I'm building out that portion of the of the thing. To put How did on you there. feel about the Lego Dimensions section at the Lego store? Piss poor. Really an embarrassment, honestly, that there wasn't more there. Same thing with the superhero section. There just wasn't enough. They had all they have all these generic guys and all this generic Lego crap nobody wants. But where was all the superhero stuff? Where was all the dimensions of you know what I mean? Like they needed more for sure. They, I couldn't even get every dimensions character. You should be able to get every dimensions thing there. Period. Mm-hmm. We went to Target last night. Yeah. Me and Kevin. Sure. Kevin you guys go you guys go there a lot. We do. And we we ventured through the toy section. Yeah. As we do. We ventured through the Video game section, as we do. One of the moments I knew I was special to is when you brought me the Ninjago uh, mm-hmm. characters for Lego Dimension. Yeah, meant a lot to me. And there was a, there was a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of that shit. There's new fun packs. There's Bane. Kevin, yeah, I got him. Kevin was this close to getting you Bane. No, oh, I got Bane. Good thing you didn't get him. Yeah, thank you. There bro. you go. Don't Bane. worry about it. I got I got all the DC characters, Ghostbusters characters, Doctor Who characters. They did have that. quite the Lego Dimensions thing though. Which yeah, is what made me think that Lego needs to set their game. And up. that's why, like, like I understand you're a little shit. you're a little Lego store. You don't have you know room for everything mm-hmm. Lego Dimensions because it's such a smash hit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so now you're building. I appreciate that. I'm just that's the fun of it though. I do like and appreciate that you can kind of just make whatever the hell you want on top of this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I'm gonna and I, I'm I having I'm having to come up with on the fly here as master builder because like they have the playset obviously builds the bat signal in a different fashion than what I'm gonna be available to. So I think yeah. I figured it out. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do this. Okay. And now I can put that. Anywhere I want on the portal. I'm proud of you. And of course, I'm I've I was foolish to wait this long because now the story pack that'll come out in September is the Ghostbusters story pack that has a new shelf for the portal itself. But will I like the movie enough to represent the new movie? No. Who knows? No, no. that's the prediction. The answer okay. is the answer. absolutely not. Okay, ladies apologies. and gentlemen, this is the kind of funny games cast. Every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love. You can get it early at Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. If you throw money our way, you'll get the goodies, as Greg likes to say. Do you like to say that? If you want it for free, you can stay right here on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and make sure you subscribe because YouTube decided to do this whole purge thing. Yeah, Get rid of a whole, we hit the 200K, we celebrated, now we're back to 194. So let's get back to 200K so we can celebrate again. I think it's a good again. thing, the purge. The purge tweeted, is a bad thing. I tweeted about that. It's a horrible thing. Because why thing. would you, I mean, assuming it works and it doesn't seem like it worked mm-hmm. because it seems like some people that like. We're already, yeah, really we're trying losing to their sub- subscriptions. Or like, why, why, why would you want fake numbers? 
I would rather have the real amount of people that are actually watching us. But I was that they were eliminating people who I'm more upset that people who wanted to stay subscribed got right. But I'm saying in 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 theory the purge in theory it's fine. In theory the movie the purge is a great idea. Yeah, exactly. They're on number three. I know that's crazy. Uh, but I, I think that the, the number I'm just upset because more numbers just means more for everything. I'd like, I want see, the views to be accurate. I don't give a fuck about subscribers. Give us 10 million. I'd love Make to people see, think we're bigger than we are. That's I'd love our whole to see shtick. Twitter um, do the same thing. I was saying I tweeted out yesterday. I'd love to see Twitter erase all of the old accounts and inactive accounts and fake accounts and spam accounts to see what the numbers really are. You can you, there's little things you can do on Twitter to figure out like what your real account is. Um, I don't know. I just think that it's because it's, if if. The vanity numbers all go away if everyone is hit. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You know, mm. then everyone loses their subscribers. Yeah. But it was, it was funny it was. to see those funhouse idiots dip below or, uh, a million again. Dude, dorks. that sucked. They lost like 60K. They're dorks. They, they were lying. I, you know, Kovic did it on purpose. I've seen there were some channels that lost like 300,000 people. I heard PewDiePie lost like 600,000 or something. That's like insane. That. But, but again, those are not real. I mean, assuming mm-hmm. that it worked. But I think YouTube tweeted out something saying that they don't know what was happening. Yeah, they did say we are aware of the problem. Yep. So it didn't well, seem like a real thing. Yeah, such a weird thing. Nobody cares. Anyways, subscribe to us if you like us, because that would make me happy. Also, the other channel, too. We didn't lose. We only lost a thousand over there, but still it's a thousand people. That's chump change to Kind of Funny Prime. No, I like it. Kind of Funny like Prime doesn't need anybody. It absolutely does. So, guys, I want to talk to you about video games. I'd love I'm to talk about video games. Uh, Greg, yeah. we were at VidCon last week. We, we were. got these, these beautiful Legos. Exactly. Guys. These big, beautiful Legos. The big, beautiful kids. Um, and we, we were on a panel about indie versus AAA. And right. I thought it was a pretty, pretty good discussion. It was us. It was Boogie. Yeah. It was Ashley from CNET. A- Ashley Esqueva. I don't Oh, you know, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Escalada Please. or something like that. Yeah. Escalada. Some, some you've you've heard me try to pronounce the last name. I think names. it's Esqueva. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Uh, anyway, Everybody calls cool. looking it up. And then who else was on that that panel? Oh, uh, Lawrence from he was late, so he doesn't count. But he was really. I heard late. that's why they took away some of his subscribers because he was so late. They're like, "Fuck you!" Um, oh, you're right, Ashley Esqueda. Esqueda, E S Q U E D A. Oh, I thought it was a V. Whatever. Um, good for her. She's great. So we talked about the the whole thing of indie versus AAA, and right. we we've had this discussion on our show many times. But it was interesting, kind of talking to guys that are a little bit more PC focused or. Um, dork focused dork focused yeah. and they just obviously had different opinions about the whole thing but I kind of it got me thinking about the idea of back in the day there was a clearly defined triple A double A shovelware licensed games ecosystem of everything kind of fits into into these little buckets sure what is the 2016 market share like how does that break down and what are the categories that we can I mean, yeah, I've talked about it at length on a, min- a million different shows and panels, but they all run together, right? And the fact that I think the middle has fallen away. and I, But I do think it's making a comeback. But basically, the middle's fallen away, and that was always going to be your THQ, your licensed games, your Door of the Explorer, all these games that were just shoveled out there. And then also the w- games that you now see, as I'm saying, they're coming back, Deep Silver putting out for some reason, your Homefront the Revolution, your Mighty Number no. 9, games that are not AAA and are not indie and are in this weird space in the middle where they're, they're half-baked. And it's weird. It's interesting to see the reaction of that middle tier coming back and what people think of it, because it has for so long been there's triple A's and there's indies. And that's what it's been when when you saw THQ fall with you draw, when you saw a bunch of other mid tier publishers like that start clamping down and not putting out stuff and Capcom getting burned and not being able, you know what I mean? Not putting out their games that they thought were going to be triple A. You saw this middle section dry up and that's where it's been. And that's why, like when we got asked to be on that panel and it was like, it was in indie versus triple A fight. And it was like, I don't think one exists without the other anymore. I think if it's if there's no if there's no Uncharted four, if there's no marquee title, if there's no tentpole title, 
indie games aren't enough to move units and consoles and what then we're just left with these pc dorks and then in the flip-flop of it if, e, if indies fall away are you excited about are you reading about games every day if you're only getting six really great triple a titles a year spread out delayed all these other problems mm-hmm. it's this weird it's that's the ecosystem right now but you're starting to see all of a sudden people who have moved from being indie like in indies and that's the weird i hate on that panel we talked about it right that i hate even having this argument or this conversation anymore because what what are we really defining as indie is it that you are an independent game studio or is it that you are a small team making a game on your own and you're getting funding from playstation or is it because it's that the whole thing where like well insomniac games then is an independent game studio right Mm -hmm. but they're huge and they're awesome they have a whole bunch of different partnerships and how does that work and where does that go anymore? I mean, but you know, when you look across the different forms of media media, I think that that is true as well. Like when you look at music, like with rap music, Drake was independent for a long time just because he didn't have a label representing sure. him, but he had labels backing him, which was the difference. You look at us, we're independent, but in a lot of ways, it's like we get to kind of coerce with people that are very not independent. So it's like, we're kind of in that same place. Like we would be the equivalent to, uh, to any of those companies in some, no way. We're not, so? we're not cool as Insomniac yet. Yet, Ted. I like Yacht are. Club games. Fuck yeah. God damn it. I hate I Nick. I, I hate I like that it. he started like this. <laughs> I hate that Colin knows it annoys me. Uh, <laughs> so, let on that it was annoying. So we talk a lot of shit about PC gamers, but it's all in jest. And, of course. In, in seriousness, the PC ecosystem is typically always well ahead of the curve. And um, they're ahead of the curve, obviously, in power. Um, they're ahead of the curve in many ways in advancements Discovery. in the way we play. Yeah, in the way we download and enjoy games like Steam. Um, and so I think we can look to PC games uh, for answers to both uh, the things that, that Greg had mentioned. PC gamers, uh, first of all, I mean, something we didn't mention, PC gamers have been well ahead of the curve in the digital revolution. No one buys their PC games in, in, in physically at all. I mean, that's just not a thing that, that happens. went away forever. Yeah, ago, like, yeah. And, and it and, happened so quietly that console gamers didn't even notice. And so like while console gamers continue to cling on to the idea that they're going to be buying games in stores in 10 or 20 years and are not PC gamers already know that that's going to be the case um, forever because they've 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 grappled on to that. So they were ahead of the curve there, right? Huh? They've been ahead of the curve in terms of the way we ingest games in terms of like, you know, PSN and Xbox PSN really Xbox Live was the thing on original Xbox and then Xbox 360 really advanced it and the way we have a marketplace and all those kinds of things. But it was really Steam that taught us about how. Uh, we download games easily about how we have easy discovery tools, how we have things like forums and um, help desk stuff uh, tied into the system, how we have different pricing structures and tiers and flash sales, um, wish sales, lists, such all those kinds idea. of things. So they're ahead of the curve there. And I think they're ahead of the curve with the indie versus AAA thing, because actually like a, a, a majority of uh, PC, we have to take a time out, everybody. Where were we? What's right, sorry. Good? Sorry about that. So I had to go help our landlord with his computer. OK, so I'm back. Yes. yes. So what I was saying was that the PC to, to catch everything up, even though everyone just heard it, but I didn't. Is that uh, PC gaming has been well ahead of the curve, and I think they're now ahead of the curve in the indie space versus the AAA space. So the AAA space um, is well established on PC. It's been established in some form for thirty plus years on the PC space, more than anywhere else. And um, but I think that the exploration of price points that I was talking about at Steam, the accessibility of the games and the ease of buying games and the ease of developing these ecosystems in one unified kind of place, and I'm not talking about on a PC or a Mac, I'm talking about on Steam, um, has cultivated a place where there is a 99 cent game, there's a free game, there's a $5 game, there's a $10 game, there's a $20 game, $15 game, and these are all what we would classify as indie games. Um, so I think that the PC has just been well ahead of the, t- the curve, and I think we're going to start seeing that and have been seeing that seep into the console space. Um, and to Greg's point, um, 
I think that what's interesting is that publishers are starting to explore not the indie kind of they're not indie by nature, um, but they're but they're independent. They're exploring more independent pricing schemes. Sure. An example is Square Enix just released Adventures of Mana Surprise on Vita. Been playing it. It's fun. It's a little vanilla, but it's fun. Uh, and they're charging like 12 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony releases Ratchet and Clank for $40. Brand new. Right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, Recore by Microsoft is going to be 40 bucks. Um, Mighty number nine, $30. Mighty number nine, $30. Retail, I think $20 digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, EA puts out Unravel. It's cheaper. Right, exactly. So everyone's kind of exploring these spaces. We, and then we see Sony San Diego exploring with the free-to-play or games as a service model. So I think you're seeing a lot of this space. So I think that the walls between AAA and indie are kind of dissolving. Not necessarily in terms of quality, because we know a AAA game when we see it in terms of quality. And I think that's what we're talking about, mostly. Because uh, like a game like Ukulele, for instance, which is totally independent and independently funded, could be a triple A 3D platformer. So like, I don't, I, I don't know that that word is kind of lost its meaning. So that, that's kind of what I wanted to, to ask you guys about is so obviously indie triple A, we have ideas in our head of what that means, but what is double A? Is that still a thing? Is a still a thing? Cause I, I remember two generations ago, it very much was like when you look at specifically, I think Nintendo is easy to look at because they have so many franchises to themselves. You can kind of, Delineate which is which, right? Sure. You have the Zeldas and the Mario's that are the triple A's. You go down to the, the Mario or the Metroid and the, the Star Foxes, right? And it starts going down the Donkey Kongs. Mario Kart would also be triple A. Hell say. yeah. Um, Mario Smash Golf. Bros. Triple A. Mario Golf. Triple fucking A. But, but quadruple see, A. That's the thing is like on, on Game Over Greggy, which is coming out this week for you guys, uh, one of the topics was the rating system of yeah, movies. Movies where it's like PG R. They had to make that PG thirteen to kind of explain the middle ground between the two and i think like that is where the mario golfs and stuff like that would fit sure and i think that as you know time has changed and have how games have evolved a lot of the genres even have changed from that so what 3d platformers i'm not sure a triple a 3d platformer can still exist anymore like Mm -hmm. i think that ukulele no matter what went into it i don't know if it would even qualify as triple a well i think it's a it's a matter of it's a matter of scale in terms of the context of that particular genre what i mean by that is uh I think Ratchet and Clank is a 3D platformer, mm-hmm. and it's currently a AAA game. So, like, but, so you, you but do sold think at it a forty. As AAA? I do, but it's sold at a forty dollars price point. So, I don't think we can use necessarily the price point of the game to to, to say whether it's AAA or not. Homefront, the Revolution is a sixty dollars game, and that is in no way, shape, or form a AAA game. Not even fucking close. You know, so I think we have these two kind of competing things that we often use to kind of um, we're conflating things, and we all do it. Where we think a $60 game is AAA, a $40 game is like kind of the A game, the $20 game or the $30 game. Like Carnival Games on Wii was a, was a fucking, sold like 10 million copies or something, but it was a piece of shovelware. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the indie space with the digital stuff. But what I, we've talked about this a lot in the past where I think the pricing structure is not necessarily going to be commiserate to the to the quality of the game or vice versa. Because you have a lot of great free-to-play games that people enjoy. And then on the other side of the scale, and I do believe this, that uh, a studio can one, one day get away with charging $100 for a game if it's so fucking good and so AAA. That it goes beyond a sixty dollars game, yet I don't think that the sixty dollars price point that Uncharted Four was at makes it any less of a triple A game. Uncharted Four is about as untr- about as triple A as it gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think it's more complicated than that. The, the good the good news though is that I think that to the, my point about kind of commenting about the PC space and the the kind of uh, forward looking nature of the PC space is that. Um, uh, we are going to just get we have a dearth, I think, of, of stuff for, of exploration right now in that price point and in terms of exploring what Indian A and AAA mean. But in the PC space, we don't have that. And so if, if the past is any indication about how console gaming is catching up to PC gaming in those respects, then I think we're going to get to that point as well. Um, and then I think that and then I think you have a, a, a lesser delineation between 
uh, indie and triple A. What is that fucking huge PC game that was that's that was funded like something like eighty million dollars or something like that? You know what I'm talking about? The no, off the top of my head. No. Um, like it's it's like in I wish people I wish I can remember what his, what his name Star is. Star Citizen. So yeah, something like that. Like some game that's like that made by an independent studio with no publisher. Per se, I think it might be Star Citizen, but is 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 made for AAA budgets. There are triple massive triple A games we love that were made for not even remotely that budget. Yeah. But that's an independent game. So, well, so I guess that's kind of what I was thinking about. Is is it how much the funding goes into it, like into the actual game? Is it the fact of how flagship it is for the the company making it? A game like Mario Maker, not that much money necessarily need to be putting in to make that game, but it is that was the Nintendo's flagship title that year. Mm. So does that make it triple A? It's obviously not indie. You know, we we know that, but like where does that fall then? Is that where the A goes in? Is double A <laughs> even still a thing? I think no, I think that I think that and I don't know if Greg agrees. I'm listening. But I think that did you find the Kickstarter? Uh, I'm trying. I mean, Star Citizen brought in 2.1 million dollars. That's not what I'm thinking about. of. Then okay. I, I think people don't, like there's a constant rounds of funding. Like we like GameSpot kept writing about it every time it would reach like a new million dollar milestone. They wrote about it, like every week some PC game. Okay. Yeah, it was a PC. I don't remember what it was. I'm sure people out there know. And they're probably gonna fucking talk about it in the comments, and that's great because I don't know what it is. But I know you guys know what I'm talking about. It might not be 80 million. It might be 40 million or something. But some extraordinary amount of money that these guys continue to collect as they create this game. I think per your point, I don't know if Greg agrees, is that you can't, like Rocket League is was made for $2 million um, which is nothing for to make a game for and has made 60 times its its, its amount spent in profit um, or in, I guess gross revenue, not necessarily profit and I feel like that I feel like Rocket League is a triple A game you know, like it was made by a small studio on the side um, and it's easy to understand and it's bite-sized but it's not what we would also look at as an indie game because it has such a huge reach and so much popularity that i think things start to get blurred where you're like it's because of in other words you have to judge it based on like a bunch of criteria as opposed to just one if you right. looked at if you looked at rocket league and like it was made for two million dollars on the side by an independent studio that does contract work for other people which is what they usually did at psionics then you say oh, yeah it's an independent game in that respect it is its popularity is in no way, shape, or form independent. That's like when that's like when a music, a musician, or a band, an indie rock band, becomes a huge band. Well, you're not independent anymore. You know, but like no, but see, that's, but you are independent if you are, don't have a label. Yeah. By by definition, but if you have a platinum record, don't know how independent you are anymore because that's not what we mean when we say independent. What we mean by that in the music scene is we is it's indie. We know what you and I know what indie music is. Yeah. So I think it's what I'm saying is that I don't think that there are a lot of definitions. That's yeah. the problem. Is I think honestly, I I don't look at. I don't look at Rocket League and say it's a triple-A game, but in the same breath, yeah, you're right, it's an indie game, and I'd never really bring them up. It's the fact that we're trying to turn around and use the ancient terminology, and I say ancient, meaning that, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, when I started at IGN, I remember the E3 meetings where we went in there, and Dunham had a spreadsheet, and it, we went through all the games, and we labeled them triple-A, double-A, A, B, C, like, to, so you knew the importance of them and where they fell, and I don't know if we're trying to apply that now in a world that doesn't it, it doesn't matter in the same way. When you say this is a great indie game, you mean this is a great game made by a very small studio usually. You know what I mean? And that's why it gets so weird when people are like, yeah, indie games like No Man's Sky. And it's like, well, kind of, sort of, PlayStation's helping. Oh, indie games like this thing that is being kickstarted that's being supported by PlayStation. Or this indie game that's only being published on Xbox. It's like, well, then they're second party. And then how does that... What? Uh, there's no... 
it's all murky now. Everything's mixed in there. You mm. don't say, man, Ratchet and Clank was a great indie game because it was made by an indie studio. No, and Sony owns the IP and da 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 Yeah, I mean, well, going back to what I was saying, I think Ratchet and Clank would be the, the solid A title in what in 2016, what that actually means, where it's like it, it has the, the polish of a AAA game, but the scope isn't there. I think sure. that's kind of the, the big thing. Where that makes sense, yeah. Using the word indie, you're right. It's like there's the actual definition of it, but then there's how people use it. And we, specifically when it comes to indie games now, like that thing is, you can use that in 10 different ways, but does it feel like an indie game? Is it an indie game? Those are different questions, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, like thinking back again to the other eras when Nintendo would charge $40 for a first party game, $50 for third party, you know, on Game Boy Advance, it would be $30 for their games and $40 for the other ones. And it, that the the price points almost didn't matter because when F-Zero came out, F-Zero was not a AAA game. It had the polish. It had all the, the other things of it, but no one expected that game to sell super well. It didn't, but people love it. And it still kind of fit that that groove where now we, we just don't even have that. Star Fox Zero is the closest thing. And it doesn't have the polish that the other things do. And that's because games are costing way more money now to make. Yeah. I think there's a lot of complicating issues about, you know, in, in when you look at it historically about trying to talk about pricing in the cartridge era, because pricing, for instance, in the cartridge era, as you know, was based on the the size of the chip. Um, So you get NES games for 30 or $40 and you get NES games for 60 or $70. They got more pronounced on Genesis and Super Nintendo when you had games for $40 and games for a hundred dollars. Um, and uh, which is why I always say games are so much cheaper than they are they were when we were kids because they are. And then not, not and when I was a kid though. I think that's the difference. Is once we got into the the GameCube era, like the games were cheaper. They're way cheaper than they are. Well, now. they were fifty dollars. I mean, a, a AAA 40, GameCube, right? But even at a, even a forty dollars game in two thousand two is cheaper than a sixty dollars game today based on inflation. So that's the whole. So that's the whole. That's the whole argument. But there's complications like. Um, about pricing at retail and why retail, I think, holds the whole structure back is also because um, uh, GameStop, for instance, I don't know the exact numbers, but GameStop, like GameStop's margin is is really low on new games. They probably pay something like forty seven dollars or something, something like forty nine dollars for every game. So they're charging sixty dollars for it, but they're also have to pay their vendors and all these kinds of things. So they're making like a very sliver of money. It, it reminds me of a it's a, a weird comparison, but there's a great book I like called The Great AMP, which is about the history of the supermarket. And they talk about like how these companies r- exist on like razor thin margins, and so there's no like supermarkets exist on something like four percent margin, which is insane. Like so, there's no room for error. Um, so like they'll buy a roll of toilet paper for 50 cents and charge you 55 cents for it. Like they're making like just little rips of money and they want to do volume. Um, the game, I think there's, I think at retail there's, they're held back because of these kind of Byzantine, what seem like Byzantine rules, uh, in terms of what you're paying for the game up front and then what you can charge for it on the back end. So there's like less, there's less movement there because I don't think there can be. And I would not be surprised if retail games were charged with, they were going to start charging as they already do in Canada, although with money's different $70 for a retail game. Um, just to get more of a margin out of there, but I also think that that would um um hasten their demise as well. Um, so I think that a lot of the space is going to be explored not only with indie and AAA and A and all these kinds of things, uh, with game types and pricing. Uh, it's all going to be explored uh, digitally because then I think that gives people more room to take risks. There are a few people to pay out. Um, and the seventy thirty split that Sony has or Microsoft has with their publisher uh, partners um, for any game, whether it's a dollar, whether it's sixty dollars on on digital, it's just easier for them to wrap their heads around. And that's what you're, you're what you're talking about, right? That's why you know as much as we give it shit, PC is a superior platform in a superior place. It the absolutely is. I mean, for years, that has been happening. It has been that way. That like when 
we're, when we first you know launched and started doing let's plays we immediately did stick shift or whatever the game where, the, the game where you're jacking off a car mm-hmm. and it's like that's awesome and that exists because yeah they can get that and they, they can put it up and they can get it on pc and get cut through all this bullshit now it, it runs the risk of course like the app store where it's so accessible there's so much garbage on it then you can't find yeah, it anymore. Yeah, yeah yeah don't get me wrong steam is has a is a pile of shit at the same time that it's a beacon of like hope and freedom for it's like for, kevin exactly pros like, and cons pros and cons like it, it really is worth noting what, and reiterating what Greg said because I think it's really true is that the limited nature of the of the console ecosystems is advantageous for game discovery with a more quality oriented slant that's not to say that everything's quality oriented as we say on PS I love you a lot 90% of what's released on the PSN probably couldn't yeah. no one would even miss it ever like and then you have like a real I would love if PSN literally released five or six games a month you know and we're yeah. just like these are the games and we literally stand behind all of these games but they give you choice and all that kind of stuff. Steam is so open like iOS and like Android that it, that there is no dearth of fucking nonsense and garbage on there and people with taking advantage of things and just straight copying games and early access sure. and green line. But the excitement is so you it's get a little in, bit of a mess too. You, it's not all good. You can get in there, you can cut your teeth, you can make a game and then you can turn around and make another game. You can get mm-hmm. in there, you can make a name for yourself like Steve Gaynor did with Gone Home where it's like, okay, great. And then that gets to all these other platforms. But it, for Tacoma, it, gets, it gives him a chance to get it on consoles at the jump. Yeah. Like you can go out and be that indie studio you think of on PC and then become that mid-tier studio that nobody thinks of as AAA, but nobody thinks of as indie anymore. Because, mm-hmm. you know, make the games you want to and grow and, you know, change. And that's where it's gotten so awkward in terms of this terminology is the fact that, yeah, there's these indie studios. But when we talked about indie studios, we did mean people in their garage, but they hit. Not all of them, obviously, tons of them closed, but some hit. And then they become like us where it's like, we're moving out of a spare bedroom into a studio and da da da. And then it's like what you're talking about. Where are we in that discussion anymore of what exactly it is? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, I think new terminology that we kind of have to add to like free to play, I think is a totally different section as Mm -hmm. is competitive multiplayer gaming. Right. I think those games like Mm -hmm. from a price structure standpoint are kind of on their own, you know, and then from there they have this triple A of each or, or um, indie of each. Yeah, you start but, getting into subgenres. Exactly. But I think that those qualify enough to be their own genres and in a lot of ways eliminate the shovelware that we used to have. Shovelware is now fallen into the free to play. It's fallen into the app store. Yeah, yeah there's no room for sh- there's no room for shovelware anymore. And just in by the na- by nature of a savvier consumer with more information. Um, is going to make fewer poor uh, fewer poor choices, and I think that's kind of the way you're seeing it now. So, not that Carnival Games is a uh, Carnival Games is the ultimate example. And for people that don't know what that is, you should look it up. Carnival Games was a Wii game, one of the best selling Wii games, and it wasn't bad, but that was quintessential shovelware. That was an afterthought of the register. It was a cheaper game. It was just silly. It was it was stupid. It took advantage of what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I but I agree with you. Free to play games as a service, games as a platform. Um, which I'm surprised we're not seeing more of yet from big AAA developers. We're starting, I, think. I, I think that we are. You know, we often talk about how the, the open world thing, we're, we're seeing a bunch of open world games in reaction to to whatever. It's only been the last couple of years that people like us have been talking about, oh, games should be platforms, blah, blah, blah. We're seeing that. Street Fighter V right. going. People, you know, hesitant to it, and there's a lot of issues with it, but that's where you kind of roll through figuring it out, where in a couple of years, I think we're going to see that a lot more. Sure, All, although... In Capcom's defense, and I don't really want to say it that way, I don't think that that was their intention with Street Fighter V. I think that they were like under the gun to get that game out. So like, I think if they could have had taken that back and had six more months, they probably would have. The game would have looked really differently. What I was surprised about, Tim, was when Gran Turismo Sport was announced that it's a real game. Like That was the one where I was like, Sony's going to make this free. And just have a, in perpetuity a 10 year 15 year 20 year Gran Turismo game where you literally where there are literally in 10 years hundreds of tracks thousands of cars you buy them all as you want them 
they can make I really do believe that that would be a huge risk for them to take. But I also believe um, that and that's why I think that Sony San Diego is testing all the shit on things that people don't, frankly don't really care that much about. Yeah. And I don't mean that in any disparaging way, but it's like drawing to death is a cool idea, but no one has any investment in that game compared right. to. Gran Turismo, and then if these things work, and I'm not sure they're going to, but if they work, then you have a you have an opportunity to make. You have to get the consumer ready platform. for it because we talk about it all the time, right? The whole the best platform, the one we always talk about. Why isn't this platform is Madden? Is NHL? Is all these sports games? Buy the base platform, and then yeah, every year the expansion pack comes out where you do buy, buy it at a discounted rate. Those updated rosters, this new stadium, this new new engine or whatever mm-hmm. it's going to be, that's going to change it infinitely. Well, the but question, until, it, until you wrap your head around that as a consumer, why would you do that with your biggest titles? Yeah, the, the question there though is, what's the pricing on that base install? Sure. You know, when, it, when for Street Fighter Five or for things like Overwatch or what like so the competitive multiplayer games or these platform games. Should they be budget priced to get people into then like the idea is you're going to pay more over you're going to nickel in time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because like right. That is why the the mobile space works so well is it's free or it's a dollar and then we're going to get you throughout time. Right. Right. And I think that we still see with games overwatch. I was shocked. I didn't know it was $60 on consoles. That's insane. Like that game should not be $60, you know, and uh, Street Fighter five. Same thing. Like I, I think that, you know, until there is that shift where game or developers feel more comfortable at that $40 level, at the $30 level or whatever. Consumers aren't going to be comfortable having these platforms and committing to them. I sure. mean, of course, some are. I'm talking about as an overall whole. You figure your way around it if you're going to, let's say we were, let's say we're just assuming consumers are there and we want to do Madden as a platform, right? You launch the platform for free with everything restricted pretty much except yep. exhibition with two or three teams that way people jump in and like oh yeah i do like madden and at the end of every game you're like do you want to unlock the full thing do you want to pay what maybe it's 50 dollars, maybe it's 45 whatever with the promise of more content mm-hmm. throughout it or the you know a, a video explaining that next year when madden 20 whatever comes out it'll be you can get the roster you can do this as we go you can pick up more stadiums i don't know yeah and this puts a lot of a lot of games in i think a really weird spot like games like doom or Wolfenstein, or Deus Ex, even, right? Like, Deus Ex, it's a AAA game, but I think a lot of people don't think of it in the same way that we think of the Uncharted sure. or games like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's like, what? where does that exist? Like, it's a $60 game, and it needs to be because that game needs money to be Years made, and years of right? yeah, high-tech But at and the voice same time, it, like, it kind of, at least in my opinion, it feels weird for games like that to be at the same exact price as a lot of these other things when I feel like they would, if that was a $50 game. Would it sell more? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, and this is where I think this is, goes back to the digital thing is that I really do believe that if we had digital-only pricing that publishers would take bigger risks and dares as in a company-wide way. And as I said before, if EA was just like, all of our games are 50 bucks now, then what does that do to Activision and Ubisoft? Like, where does that leave them? But they can't do that. Like, they, they just can't do that right now. That goes back to the Overwatch thing where I'm like, I really feel like Blizzard had to charge $60 for that game because on console, maybe not so much on PC, but on console, our perception is that if it's not $60, it's not worth your time. Or your, like, there are so many people out there who I think are frankly, like, acting very in a very ignorant fashion that just do not, still do not touch games that are not on retail on a shelf for $60. And I think you're fucking totally messing up by doing that. Um, you're also losing the battle. But for now... Um, that you know, like I, I, Blizzard probably would have loved to make that game free, but like I, I, they just can't because where's the value proposition in the console space when we look at games that are free mm-hmm. is fucking garbage, and a lot of them are. So it's it's uh, it, I think that's like a more of a, a an, an optic issue than anything else because yeah. um, they probably you know they they probably had their debate internally about what they're going to do and they they realize that uh, lion share their their gamers are probably on PC, but 
then everything has to be equal. Yeah. It's just, it's a huge, it's, it's, it's so much more complicated from a marketing perspective and from just a publisher wide perspective than I think mm-hmm. we give oh, credit for. So yeah. it's complicated. We're going to see an evolution of it. I think pretty rapidly in the coming years. Definitely. Um, and as, and I really just can't wait to see these big publishers eventually just start saying like, we're not releasing our games and, and retail anymore, or we're going to release them um, in a limited fashion. Um, I was talking to my girlfriend yesterday about uh, she likes to buy she reads a lot she likes to buy physical books I buy my books on Kindle I don't like to do that but it's just practical right I'd rather have my books and I was saying that I see a future for books similar to vinyl where um, in 10 years Stephen King writes a book and they're like the, we'll make 10,000 physical copies of the book and and that's it and that's your limited edition and everything else is going to be available digitally and you have no choice like light. exactly and so I think that um, I think you're going to see that more and more and wouldn't it be interesting if Ubisoft in five years made another Assassin's Creed game? And they're like, it's digital. So you're either going to buy it or you're not, you know, mm-hmm. and do they still they're still on that razor's edge with the fucking the people they have to please at Amazon and the people they have to please at, at GameStop. And they just aren't ready to stab everyone in the back yet, because once this happens, it creates a, a huge problem on the market for um, the people that you rely on to uh, to. Uh, get your consoles and your other products yeah, out there. Sure, get the system on the We've shelves. We've seen it. Like uh, everybody's doing that with smaller titles, little by little by little. And I think you know, down the road, yeah, that, ramp it up from un- EA ra- when EA ramps it up from Unravel to uh, Battlefield, mm-hmm. Battlefront Three, digital only. You know, something like that. They would. The publishers are going to fucking love to do this because they cut out everyone. They don't yep. have to manufacture shit anymore. Yeah. They don't have to sh- put it on trucks and send it to fucking stores and have all this semantics and their sales teams just dealing with this shit. They don't have to do it anymore. Like they can cut their staffs down. I mean, I'm not saying that that's great or are people going to lose their jobs probably, but they have a fiduciary obligation to their investors and they're going to make more money and they're going to spend less money. So we'll see what happens. Next up, I want to talk about the games coming out this year. So I got a whole list of all the stuff with release dates or at least release months or whatever. I want to go through them and I want to see what games do you think will get delayed, if any. Okay. And just kind of what your thoughts are on the impact that those games will have. Mm. Got a big old list, so we're not necessarily going to go through all of them. But uh, so we're in July now. It's halfway through the year. We've already seen a whole whole bunch of pretty big releases. Um, Rocket League Collector's Edition coming to retail. Not going to get delayed. Fifth. There you go. Yeah. And we're close enough that it's, it's happening. Yeah. Rocket, Rocket League, League Deluxe is Edition is happening. So yeah, it's cool though. Retail, I mean, that must be huge for them. You you talked to him a bit about I that. I think they're doing it in conjunction with 505, if I remember correctly, which oh, is really? kind of a small A publisher. Um, 505 is also releasing Hawken July 1st. Right, yeah, Hawken is finally Xbox coming to, in July 8th on PS4. Yeah, I was going to say it's finally coming to PS4. Um, yeah, I feel like um, uh, Rocket League, that's going to be a nice way for them to make some supplemental income. These are for people that, like, again, like games on their shelves. It's the same reason they're releasing Shovel Knight. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many people for Rocket League buy it Oh, I want to support them, and I want it on my shelf. And how many people are like the people you're talking about, Colin, who don't buy digital games, have heard about Rocket League, obviously, and now it's there on a disc. They they see it at Walmart. Like, why not? I'll pick it up. My suspicion is we can just ask Jeremy in a few weeks and find out. Well, there you go. We should do that. <laughs> Jeremy, expect a phone call. Um, Monster Hunter Generations coming to 3DS. That'll be big for them. Uh, Ark Survival of the Fittest finally coming to PS4. July 19th. I believe it when I see it and ride a big old beaver. Interesting stuff going on with that studio too with a lawsuit and all that kind of stuff I believe. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll be interested to see how that does on PS4. It's all over a million copies on Xbox One. It's a Mm -hmm. pretty big game. Yeah. Kill Strain. July 19th. July 12th for PlayStation Plus users. Not getting delayed. Kill Strain... it's gonna be interesting to see what it does. Yeah, what I mean, does it this do? is one of those. This is one of those test beds I was talking about. This yep. is one of the three test beds with guns up was already out. This is the next one, and then drawn to death. These will be the Sony San Diego experiments to see mm-hmm. how these games as a service work for them. 
I am Setsuna. Coming to PC and PS4 July 19th. What are you What are you thinking about this? Super stoked about it. I think the game looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, what I'm interested in is uh, with the stealth release, as I mentioned before, of Adventures of Mana on Vita, if they're going to also stealth release I Am Setsuna, which is available in Japan on Vita, mm. um, but not here, if they're going to do that as well. Um, still, people are really stoked about this game. Spiritually, it looks a lot like Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Um, and uh, as I talked to Alexa from GameSpot on our July exclusive, which will go up in the end of July uh, for Patreon subscribers, um, I do believe that I am Setsuna and Star Ocean, although Star Ocean isn't very good, apparently were the tip of the spear of a JRPG revolution um, or a renaissance that's happening. That's going to you know coincide with uh, Persona 5 and Final Fantasy 15 and all these other games. So I think that I am Setsuna is certainly going to be up there. I think that game's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, everything so far looks like they're just nailing it. Like it's being made by people that obviously care about the genre and what it meant to them growing up and playing those games like down to the music down to the the look of the the character designs and just their outfits and everything like the the way that it's written man i'm very very stoked about that and it yeah, does seem like the perfect vita game yeah it does i mean square enix is so inconsistent with this shit but i really do feel like that adventures of mana release is weird on vita they didn't talk about it until the game was out and i feel like maybe they'll do the same thing Wait, so what's the story there? Was it on mobile already? It was released on mobile and Vita in Japan. And then it was released the day it was supposed to come out, I think, on mobile here. They also, like, it just snuck onto the PlayStation Store. Everyone was like, what the fuck is this? Like, you told us this wasn't coming to Vita. The trophies They're aren't allied. up. The trophies aren't up. They probably did this very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and real well, people were asking for it. I just hope, and I'll say it more on PS I Love You next week, and I'll talk about it more on Twitter. I'm sure that let's go buy this game. Um, so we show them that we want more of their games because Square Enix is still supporting the, the Vita in Japan. Uh, we're getting Dragon Quest Builders, for instance, in the fall on it. So, And I think we're getting Dragon Quest Heroes 2 on Vita in, in, mm-hmm. in the West as well. So, and I, I, see. I take I issue too, with you saying that's the perfect Vita game because the perfect Vita game comes out in the middle of July called Galgun. Mm-hmm. You get these girls, you give them the orgasms, you rub them, you do oh, it. Shit. They all fall in love with you. Sorry, Colin. He's won me over. It's an indie creates game. Yep. <laughs> In the middle of July, you said? Yeah. That's not on my list. So I wonder game. why. I, yeah, a lot of, yeah. I don't know if a lot of people were really excited about Galgun. I, I was talking about a podcast, but Greg shit, Miller man. wants to platinum it. Uh, Banner Saga 2, PS4 and Xbox One, July 26. Hearing rumors of delays feel. on that game mm-hmm. um, for console, uh, still going to be free, I believe, for a period on Xbox One, uh, if you have an Xbox Gold account. Uh, for a little while in July. Back, back half um, of a month, right? Yeah, I think so. So, um, Banner, the original Banner Saga, which I did not beat, um, I really think that game's really fucking dope. Other things came out, again, they, got, they got distracted. It's about as close to Final Fantasy Tactics as we're going to get, probably. Um, it's mechanically way way easier. There's a lot of choice to be made in the game, um, and a lot of like repercussions for everything you do. And it's super dark. It reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Game of Thrones, frankly. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. In terms mm. of its plot, in terms of its uh, setting... Uh, the direness of it. Yeah. And this one uh, was a little shocking to me because I didn't expect it so soon just because I didn't know. But We Happy Few, PC and Xbox One at, on Xbox Game Preview and Steam Early Access July 26th. That's exciting. Yeah. That game looks awesome. Game looks great. I, I, you know, I go back to that E3 conversation we had about it where I played it at PAX a few PAXs ago and I was like, I don't understand. What am I doing? Like the game, like no context to what was happening running around. I was like, mm, all right. I know Jim's in it. So that whatever. And then that trailer, that trailer floored everyone at E3. Everyone walked away being like, that game looks awesome. Yeah. I guess they announced July at that, that conference, but July now seems a lot sooner than it yeah. did a yeah, month yeah. ago. Well, so. June went by in the blink yep. of an eye. Uh, Fallout 4 Vault Tech Workshop DLC coming in July at some point don't care at all no i, I like the far harbor stuff i jumped into and i was like yeah more fallen i was like uh oh, like 
this doesn't work. I've been gone too long. I don't care. Why do I, what, you know, my character, what's happening? Runs like crap here. And do you think people do care though? Oh yeah. People like fallout. I, I don't think fallout four has the resonance that Fallout three did. You know what I mean? You don't hear people talk about it on that level. Here's the big one, guys. Pokemon Go. Did July. you catch him? It's finally out. happening. I didn't get in on the beta, which I'm kind of upset about because I applied and I feel like I'm a pretty cool dude. They only let Pokemon Masters in. Yeah. You're not you're one right. of them. You're right. Spencer got in there. Kevin's little brother. He's, He's in the age there, bracket. Pokemon They're like, no, we don't going. care what old men think of the game. We they want the young boys. They definitely care what young men and old men alike think. Uh, then we get into August, the Division DLC, the Underground DLC. I'm be really 2nd. interested to see how that does. Mm. It seems like the the division, like Ubisoft, kind of broke the division. Yeah, and that's no kind of sad. It was working fine when I was playing it, but what I hear from hardcore people, yeah, they're not happy with it. They're not, they're not thrilled. So yeah, will this bring people in? Will they get into it? Will they care about it? We'll see. So we interested in what their numbers see. are, yeah, as well. Mm. Yeah, the real numbers, not the number of registered players you've had. Great. Who's what is your sleep? What are your, your concurrence look tonight. like? Yeah. No Man's Sky, PlayStation Four. Kevin August, and I are stoked. August 9th. Yeah, Kevin's big on this one. Got a morbid curiosity about this game. Yeah. Kevin, what do you what do you think about No Man's Sky? Let's get you in here. Kick on that microphone, dust it off. Getting ready for my VR experience game. We're doing this, right? Nope. VR? Nope. No, no, probably wow. not. Not maybe, a watch for sure. Maybe. maybe. Maybe later. Maybe. I'm excited for No Man's Sky. I am too. Kevin and I have both excited. played it, and that's the biggest thing. It, we, you talk I talk about the internet's expectations being run away with this and that they all think they're gonna get in there and fucking ha- make their own Dagobah and chill out and live with Yoda. It's not going to be that. It's going to be landing on planets. It's going to be scanning stuff. It still strikes me as a game that, yeah, I'm going to want to... It strikes me as the perfect game for where I'm at most nights where it's like, man, I, I don't, I don't want to go to bed just yet, but I want to play something, but I only have 30 minutes. Like, I don't want to get into something too deep. This not, seems perfect. Hmm. In there. Fly. Land. Cool. In there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate that Kevin. He's just never happy with whatever they're giving him. Yeah. When we do the Deus Ex Go thing, all he wants is when's it coming to Vita? When's it coming to Vita? Well, he's a good man. That's the right right question. Where's the VR? Where's the VR? Good for you, Kev. You keep keep this up. You're going to to sit in the room while we record PS I Love You XOXO one day. Good Lord. I don't think so. Uh, Moving on. We got Metroid Prime Federation Force finally coming to 3DS. What that's all about? August 19th. It's weird that it wasn't at E3. At all, I think they learned. Uh, but I mean, but they showed all their the other little games. I, just I think they just they're well like, there was such a backlash. About Nobody that game wants. It was so it's such a weird yeah, backlash. I, like think, I think care. it was. A, I think it was a weird backlash. Uh-huh. I think people were being babies about that game. Oh no, people about video games being babies. Yeah, I mean, I, we've talked about that before, but it's just like it's a spinoff. It's not in place of a Metroid game. So and it wasn't Reggie who's like, we know this isn't the Metroid game you want. Or something yeah, so. but but even then, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit surprised that they didn't at least show it off because they showed off a whole bunch of little games here and there on there. The Cat Treehouse stream. So it's dog water now. It's dog water. I'll never forget your story of your family members dying from dog water. So I don't drink it. Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. PC, PS4, Xbox One, August 23rd. Looks great. I'm, I'm excited about it. That's the thing. I'm cautiously it. optimistic about it. Like you know, the last one. Nick yeah. is stoked. Yeah, Nick's super We just drove for like an it. hour and he was like talking me about how that, that's his next game. That's awesome. That's great. I yeah. mean, and that's the thing. Looking at it, it looks like a kind of game I want to get into, but so did the original Deus Ex. And then I got in and it was just the battery and the controls and it just wasn't for me. And yeah. I'm hoping Nick this one so. Well, what, should, what do you mean the original Deus Ex? The, the last Deus Ex, I should say. I'm sorry. The reboot or whatever. The PS3 one. Then Madden, August 23rd, like clockwork. It's coming. Madden 17. You're going to play a lot. You're, you said you're going to do a season with me, right? Didn't say that. Definitely not. I'll play offense. You play mm. defense. We go for a season. See no, what happens. No, no, no. There's very, like, that is something that I won't do. I will not play Madden. But I won't do nope. that. The King of Fighters 14. Nope. August 23rd. 
yeah. in North America. Nope the fuck out of that one. Attack on Titan Wings of Freedom finally coming out. I feel like that thing's been it's talked a Vita about game, forever. I think, it? It's coming to PC, PS3, PS4, Vita, and Xbox One mm-hmm. August 26th. In the, in Europe, be any in good. the 30th. Yeah, I, was gonna say. I don't think so. Yeah, from it's, what un- I've it's seen, unlikely. Yeah, I mean, from I'm interested from a story perspective because it supposedly goes beyond the first season, which is all we have right now in this universe. Sure. Because the obviously the manga goes way farther. Obviously, I'm excited to see see it all visualized and stuff because it looks great and it looks fun. It looks Spider Man esque in for the battle scenes and stuff. I just don't think it's going to mechanically hold. Okay, up. okay. Um, Who's making that one? Tecmo okay. Koi, I think. Sounds right. World of Warcraft Legion, August 30th. Alfredo people are stoked about that. Alfredo, yeah, people, been, yeah. Alfredo played his first uh, I saw that. World of Warcraft. Yeah, people who love WoW, you know, they'll lapse and then stuff like this comes around and they get back into yeah. it. Similar to Destiny. In yeah, terms Sean of, Finney and all that. But I mean, it's crazy that it just has that that staying power. Even after the movie. You'd think that would have took him down. But no, no. Movies can't kill video <laughs> games. Um, A whole bunch of games I don't know about. Ver- Verdon? Coming out August 30th on PS4 and Xbox One. Oh, Verdun, V-E-R-D-U-N. Yeah. Verdun. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know what type of game that is. Then we got Fallout 4, Nuka World DLC in August. Grow Up coming in August, the sequel to Grow Home. Another one of those, back to the last topic, yeah. it's, I mean, it's it's indie, but it's made by Ubisoft and whatever, but like, I'm happy they're trying different things. People really liked the first one. Yeah. So, yeah, wasn't my thing. I tried it. it and I was like, eh. This, it was like kind of a platformer, but it wasn't at all. And I'm like, all right, I'm not not into this. Sorry, I don't mean to be rude, by the way. This is Ryan McCaffrey texting me about tomorrow. He's going to be on Colin Gregg, so I just want to I don't believe you get show the instructions me. Show me. Serious Sam VR, The Last Hope. It's PC Early Access. Just has a summer release date. Moving on into September, we got XCOM 2, PS4 and Xbox One. September. Finally, 6th. finally. Very excited and, about that. Um, XCOM 1. Or enemy, you know, unknown. Uh, so good. Psychopaths Mandatory Happiness coming on PS4 and Vita. It's another one of those anime games. So we'll see. People people really like Psychopaths. People are looking forward to that one. September 13th. Uh, Recore coming to Xbox One. September 13th. I'm very interested to see how that game reviews. Me too. Because um, I think... It looks very mediocre. I'm, I'm hoping that it hits the 7.5 range. Because like that, that'd be cool. But Damn I hope it doesn't hit that, that five, 5 or 6 range. Which it could. It definitely could. Sure. Um... Dragon Quest Seven: Fragments of the Forgotten Past on 3DS, September 16th. You gonna dust off the old probably vast yeah. library? I mean, I, I I probably will. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. good. I have to. When's mm-hmm. that Dragon Quest Builders out? October, I think. That's the real jam right there. Give me that Minecraft club. Yeah, October. Give me some slimes. October for Builders. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead, Tim. No, that's cool. I apologize. Destiny: Rise of Iron expansion, September 20th. Go get them, Destiny players. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go, Colin. For you, Sonic Boom, Fire and Ice, coming to 3DS September 27th. Who, who's making that? Sanzaro? No idea. Every game. But up. it's totally, they just need a Sonic game, so they're just doing They're working, suppose, they're about to announce the next actual Sonic game. Yeah, they acknowledge that so, it exists. Yeah. And it'll be better. That, that things have been wrong. Soon. Hopefully. Who the hell knows, man? We all know. <laughs> Whatever. I believe one day we'll get a good Sonic game. Again. You are. It's called Lego Dimensions Year 2. No. Putting Sonic on nope. there. Yep. You're going to love it. Nope. You're going to have a little Sonic I in there. I mean, I'll do that. Let's play with you. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. You. That was pretty bad. FIFA 17. <laughs> I didn't even know what you were doing for a second. That's how off it was. Uh, FIFA 17, September 29th. Forza Horizon 3, September 27th. Back to the last topic. Racing games are kind of another thing that like they look AAA, but they're they're not really. 
you this know, seems to be an off that. cycle Forza, mm. right? This isn't turn ten's not making this one, right? Don't turn no, doesn't no. turn ten make Forza games? I don't know. It doesn't no, matter. No, they they start cares? talking about Forza, and I was going. Yeah. Like is, is all the Horizon games the core games at this point? Or I don't know. I just saw, I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I just I when I, I I didn't. It doesn't look like a full game to me. Or it's a full game, but it doesn't look like a real Forza game to me. Forza Horizon Two was the one with the Fast and Furious Too Fast DLC. Too fast. But I could be totally wrong about that. Final Fantasy Fifteen, fucking finally September thirtieth. We'll Yay. see. Yokai Watch Two. I think that's gonna be the next big game that I play. Fifteen. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Yokai Watch. No, 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 Which no, I thought no, was going to no, be way no. bigger in the States than it is. I remember that. Yeah, Yo-Kai that was one of your hashtag Colin was wrong moments. September 30th. But the thing with Yo-Kai it's Watch. It's fucking huge in Japan. Yeah, it's ridiculously huge over there. But here did, I don't even know if the, the cartoon happened yet or I'm sure it probably I don't know. Is. The first game did well enough for them to do the sequel, but uh, to localize it. But I thought it was going to be a way bigger because that, that game is massive in Japan. Mm. It's absolutely fucking massive. I did not like that game. First one at all. NBA 2K17 coming to all the damn consoles September. It's, it's crazy one. that there's still 360 and PS3 games. People are still buying them, man. Install base, man. Uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice coming to 3DS in September. And the Division second DLC, the survival thing, 30 days earlier than Xbox One. Moving on into October. October's packed with the big boys here. Mafia 3, yeah. October 7th. Okay. Oh, excuse me. I'm excited about that one. Me too. I saw it behind closed doors at E3. It looks really good. Gears of War 4, yeah. October 11th. Definitely. Moto Racer 4, October 13th. Uh, yeah. All right. Skip PlayStation VR, about. October 13th. Hell yes. Wait. You see that the more VR order pre orders tomorrow. Nice. 7 a.m. I'll be up. Cool. Kevin, get up. Be here at 6 30 to make me a coffee, Kevin, so that I can pre order my VR at 7 a.m. Res Infinite, along Fuck with PSVR. Yes. October that is the 13th. best goddamn news. Mm. That game, mm. dude. So fucking fun. I haven't done the VR one. I love Res. You got, yeah, and that's the thing. Putting it on. Like I was, uh, man, that was the first game I feel like I played that I was like, okay, I can see this is a complete experience. And I jumped in and the boss went behind me and I did the thing where I was looking for it. I was like, wait a second. Turned around. I was like, oh my God. Oh. Uh, Battlefield 1, October 21st. Civilization 6, October 21st. Colin, are we going to lose you to that, you think? Probably. Last Guardian, October 25th. There it is, game of the year. That'll be the next one I play. Uh, Titanfall 2, October 28th. There it is, game of the year. Elder Scrolls 5, Skyrim Special Edition. It's a big one. October 28th. Big one. Dragon Quest Builders, October. Vita, baby. Vita. Batman Arkham VR, October. Cool. You have to assume that will make launch. If they want to make a gajillion dollars, yeah. Because that would totally be the one that people will bring that home and be like, fuck yes, buy it, and then show it to all their friends. So the one game that was delayed was the Arkham... Collection. collection, yeah. Do you think it was delayed for the VR stuff? No, I think it's that I they think, don't want to fuck up like yeah. they done PC. Virtuous mm-hmm. apparently needs more time, mm-hmm. so they made the right move. Because remember, Arkham Knight had bad juju on PC, so I think that not that these games are coming to PC, but Arkham Collection isn't. But um, they know what they have to do. They're probably putting Origins in the collection. That'd be kind of cool if they actually did that. They won't, but it'd be awesome. WWE 2K17 coming in October. Brock Lesnar. On the cover, really? Yeah. Again? Yeah. All right. The big man. Come on. I guess that's a that's a call they could make. Who else are you gonna put in there? Roman Reigns, the drug addict. I guess you're right. You're gonna put Xavier Woods on there? Yeah. Just a nobody. Yeah. I'd rather that. Just put Chris Jericho back on there. Like, yeah. yeah. I guess you're right. Anyways, November. Call of Duty: Infinite Warfare. November fourth. I think it looks cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. Hope the story is awesome with the Naughty Dog guys. Or Honestly, Naughty the guys. the gameplay demo trailer thing they showed at E3 yeah. at the Sony conference. That, that was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Dishonored 2, November 11th. 
Hope Gr- people enjoy it. Know how they've been waiting for that one? Not for me. Nope. Gran Turismo Sport, November 15th. Big PS4 game this fall. Watch Dogs 2, November 15th. Right here in Cautiously the Bay Area. Cautiously optimistic about right here that in the one. Bay Area. Pokemon Sun and Moon, November 18th. I don't care. I don't either. Okay. Really? You yeah. don't care? Why don't you care? Because it's more the same, man. You, that's all want... you've ever played no, with Pokemon. No, I don't want Happy this. Happy to hear that. I don't want this You're becoming jaded like me? No. I've been jaded about the freaking reusing the same goddamn engine over and over. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Uh, December. Steep. Comes in December at some point. South Park, the fractured but whole. December 6th. Yes. yes. Fuck yes. Yes. Dead Rising 4, December 6th. Fuck yes. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8. December something. Kingdom farts. Last night. Guys. Kevin. Get fucking hyped about that shit. Last night, Tim, mm-hmm. Alexa got me drunk. Good. And she somehow convinced me to do a Kingdom Hearts Let's Play with you and her okay. next to me doing commentary. So we okay, have to good. do that at some point. I would love that. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do Let's Plays for Kingdom Hearts. It's just hard because it's such a long it's a role play game. Sure. Yeah, it's like not really well equipped for that. We could do a stream. We could figure that out. No. Okay. Fuck you, We're going to do an eight-hour Let's Play and put up on YouTube. Then there's a whole .com. bunch of other games that are just, they don't really have any actual date yet in 2016, but we know we're coming. Neo on a PS4, Outlast 2. Um, Outlast 2 I'm stoked about. The Star Wars X-Wing VR mission thing. Uh, Paper Mario Color Splash on Wii U. Mm, yeah, it was a, a world of Final Fantasy. It's Vita. Yep, coming to Vita. People seem to really be into that. Did you see the trailer at E3 for mm-hmm. that? Looks cool. Looks yeah, way more like a tradition. That's like this is what you want, Colin. We'll see. If it's like Mystic Quest, I'm gonna be pissed. Like baby's first fucking role playing game, mm-hmm. which is what I sense it's gonna be. But mm-hmm. yeah, I remember getting Mystic Quest on eBay for Super Nintendo when I was in ninth grade. Oh man, and that must uh, have been a moment because that was one Final Fantasy game I never owned, and I was like, this is fucking an embarrassment. <laughs> I can't believe this game even exists. Mm. Oh my god! That game you screwed me. Is it Mystic or Mystical Quest? Mystical Quest, maybe it's one of those. Mystic. Fucking, it's Mystic. Mystical mystic Quest. Yeah. Game fucking sucks. Um, all right. Next topic. Let's talk about the games coming out next year. Oh, 2017. the 2017 games. Yeah, I'm happy that in the 2016, there's not too many that we think are going to get delayed because most of them are already dead. Sure. So that's why you can. But be so at least sure most of them got delayed have release dates. So that's good. Like actual numbers. Yeah. It's not just uh, it's going to come at some point. You know. I'll be interested to see what all you put on this list. We'll see. Um, Scalebound is coming out. When? Got that down for just next year. There's not a actual. Okay. This is backwards now. Uh, so Scalebound, Sea of Thieves, Crackdown 3. Crackdown 3, yes. Mm-hmm. Really? You're a Crackdown fan? Yeah, I like Crackdown no, no. 1 quite a bit. Sea of Thieves is interesting because so many people seem to be very, very, very high on it after E3. Like it won a, a, a bunch like of awards. A and a bunch of stuff, and like I, I was telling you, that was to me the low point of any of the, the press conferences. Yeah. Where I was like, "This is garbage." Playing it, had a lot of fun. Entirely attribute it to the setup that we Just had, like the people fall. around us. So um, I think that people are going to be a little upset about the that. wind whispers evolve. But will you listen? I won't. Thank you. That's Wait, what? Sure. <laughs> I will. I'm already sold. Um, Detroit become human at some point. Fuck yes, but I do think that could get delayed. Which is funny because I thought they might. Uh, my prediction was they'd give a date and it would be this fall, and then when they didn't and they gave another character, I was like, "Oh right, you're." I forgot, of course. You you're guys are very ambitious. So I could see this being like mm-hmm. Crash Bandicoot one to three remastered. I am so excited. Uh, I don't think that'll get delayed. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, well, it doesn't have a date yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. next year is the is when they're targeting. So that'll be fine. Overkills the Walking Dead. 
Oh, right. That's a thing. Fuck, that's been... God, I forgot all about that game. We had a conversation about that Jeez. years ago now. We were at IGN, though, right? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. All right, yeah. And they made the weird thing where it's a VR game, right? Isn't that what they did? Isn't it just on uh, one of the VRs? Oh, is it? I don't even remember. I'm going to drill into that, because once okay. they said that, I kind of stopped paying attention to it, because I was like, all right, see you later. Then there's... I don't know how to say this, but near Automata... Automata. Automata. Have you seen this shit? Yeah. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, Star Ocean looks cool too. So I'm ske- I'm so I'm skeptical about about this game. But uh, Platinum's making it, I think. So I'm also skeptical about it. Mm. Uh, I, I'm going to look into that as well because I think Nier is being made by Platinum. The yeah. original Nier is like a cult classic, though. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you played it, but it's a, I did. It's a, it's a it was a cool game. I played it for like ten hours, maybe. Um, weird mm. is how I would describe it. This uh, one looks cool. It's giving me Onimusha vibes. Yeah, it looks cool. I mean, the Animusha vibes are coming from what the fuck's that game called? Uh, I apologize. I the Tecmo Koe game. Neo. Neo, right. That's yeah. where the fucking. But see, that, that's a yeah, little Platinum's, too hard. Platinum's for making me. the game. Uh, that one, it's that's Onimusha mixed with the Dark Souls stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, it looks fucking awesome. It does look fucking cool. Mm. Uh, Resident Evil 7. Stoked. January 24th. Can't I wait. Hope, I hope it does. PSVR. PSVR. January 27th is the release date? Mm-hmm. Delayed. Sorry, what? Resident delayed. Evil? I don't think so. Oh, I think, I think, I think it was delayed out of October. Is my theory. And I apologize. Apparently, Overkill's The Walking Dead is PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Cool. Making no sure. platforms have announced yet for the VR experience. No. All right, guys. Mm-hmm. Sniper Ghost Warrior 3 coming January 27th. Didn't you play that? No, I played Sniper Elite 4, and I'm fucking stoked by that game, by the yeah, way. Yeah, good. I had never played Sniper Elite. I'm like, this is fucking dope. I was like, this is this is really cool. The way like Rebellion happened, doing their thing over there. I had no idea. The thing about it is they had reached out to us ahead of time uh, before E3. Like, we want to set up uh, demos for you. And I was like, eh. And they're like, oh, actually, it was that they want to talk to they wanted to talk to us about maybe one day doing the Patreon sponsorship. So if they ever pop up, great. They didn't. So this isn't a sponsored thing. So whatever. And then they were like, do you know our games? And I was like, not really. And they're like, good. Well, this is Collins, your shooter guy, and we are making Sniper Elite. And this is a game we think would totally work for him. It's a good shooter. We feel like it's going to be our breakout shooter. Like people are going to play this and be like, "Oh, these guys are great at making shooters." Similar to like how you know The Witcher was a wake up. It's call really neat. Now this is this is new. To, this is not new to people that played Sniper Elite. I've just never played these games before. People love this shit. Um, I was in a map. Uh, it was in the forties um, somewhere. I think in Germany, I'm fighting Nazis at like they have a railgun. They're protecting a railgun, and you're slinking around. It, I mean, I can imagine these games take for fucking ever to play because you're slinking around and just waiting and waiting and waiting. So and you are, your breath. you're like a sniper. Yeah. You got to like, and like snipe. you have a sidearm and all this kind of stuff, but you don't want to be seen. Like they'll, they'll, they'll track you down and all this kind of shit. I was like, this is, I was like, this is fucking cool. Like I'm feeling this. Cool. I don't know if, it, if it's all going to be that good, but I, I, I really was actually like when I went to that deployment, I'm like, all right, like let's get this over with didn't really know what I, what to expect and then i when i was there i was like i wish i kind of wish i had more time to spend with this i had to go after about a half an hour but that was probably actually the game i went hands on on with the exception of horizon the most at three in terms of length length i was i was i liked it it also, it also comes to my attention now as i finger my lego dimensions portal that you did not mention lego dimensions year two in your 2016 stuff so oh, fuck I you no fuck you it wasn't on any list that I found last night. Well, it's because it's not a real, it's not a game, six. right? It's like, you know, expansion packs and stuff. Oh. So you don't, that doesn't count to you, fake gamer boy. Well, the division was on there, plus. Yeah. Yeah, well, son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And so was Destiny. Fallout. You, but you, Fallout. Know, you understand these are toys. The toys are the expansion of the game. Stated of decay, too. I understand their toys. Yes. 2017. I can't fucking wait. I could see it being delayed. I hope it isn't, but I could easily see it being delayed. Mm-hmm. I hope it isn't. But yeah, playing that together. Undead Labs? Yeah, Undead Labs up in Seattle. Me and Big Kev out there. Playing some zombs. 
slaying them zombs for honor february 14th uh, the game just doesn't do it for me go get them people who like it sniper elite four speaking of that february 14th happy valentine's i'm day. all over it but the same day persona five persona five can't wait halo wars 2 february 21st ghost recon wildlands march 7th yes. Yeah, yeah, what's cool? Another me and Big Kev dog. We gotta fucking get on that. We shit, out man. there. I'm gonna play by myself. I know you are. Yeah, but we're gonna force you to do a let's play with all of us, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. You're gonna have so much fun. You'll come play with oh, us. Okay. Yeah, it's. I it's, know that. And then it'll great, be man. well. Then Nick will say he'll play it, but it'll really end up be us three and Fran who play all the time because Nick won't play. His wife won't let him. Mm. Tekken Seven, early 2017. Pyre, PC and PS4, 2017. How was it? Granted, I just. Take your little sentiment there. You're going to play Wildlands with us once, and you're never going to play. Into one of those cool little love notes from high school. And you shove it right back into your pie hole. I'm not getting any of that. I know. Right back into your pie Tim's, or, I'm sorry, Nick's admitting that I am correct. And yeah. That he won't play those games. Fall Fantasy 12 HD 2017 PS4. I'm going to play it. Interested if it comes out on Vita. It won't. Because they're all fucking weird about that. Yeah, shit. it won't. I don't think it will. Need for Speed. There's going to be one coming in 2017. <laughs> Is it uh, based on the next movie? Star Wars Battlefront 2, 2017 at some point. Mass Effect Andromeda, early 2017. Yep. I, I, that'll be delayed for sure. Greg Miller, we got Tales of Berseria. Oh, Berseria, yeah, yeah. I'm a Tales fan. Yeah, coming in. You excited about that? What, is, what excites you about Tales of Berseria? The fact of... It's just a different look for them. This time what's happened is you start the game and your character, Arthur the Aardvark, has died. And it'll Arthur be, the Aardvark. It'll be a journey through hell to get back to the front of heaven. You're a moron. <laughs> Chuck's out. <laughs> um, fee, fay, early 2017. Fee, Days Gone, just 2017. Yeah. Uh, Injustice 2, 2017. That'll be fine. Phantom Dust Remaster, Xbox One 2017. I didn't know that was happening. I didn't cool. either. I must uh, have known that. Death Stranding, God of War. Death Stranding? Mm-hmm. Who said that? Oh, well, there was on one list. That ain't gonna happen. No, Death Stranding. Leave <laughs> that one. We'd be lame. God of War, Spider Man. Spider Man's not coming. That Spider Man's not coming out next year. You don't think so? No, no, no. But that'd be awesome. No, it's not. It's not coming out next year. That's upsetting. You believe God of War hits? Yes. Days Gone hits? Yes. Okay. One of them is definitely gonna hit. I think if anything, God of War is 2018. Fallout 4 VR, Doom VR, Quake Champions. Do, uh, Prey. Uh, Fallout 4 VR. Do you I think Prey know. happens 2017? Uh, yeah. Game's been in development for three years. By that time before at Arcane Austin. So, yeah, I do. I do believe so. But that's the need to game section. Ukulele. I'm excited about Ukulele. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. February yeah. 28th. Yeah. Um, Legends of Zelda. Breath of the Wild. Looking along forward with to it. The NX. X going to give it to you. Everybody. And a whole bunch of NX games. So we'll see. That's what that is what I'm looking forward to most in 2016. Now is Nintendo's announcement of the NX. It's coming. That'll be in 2016. Actually, yeah, I know this year. Um, this year we're going to get some event, and it's going to blow everything out. There's reports yesterday about them looking into VR, but not wanting to say anything because they didn't want to show their hand at E3. Yeah. Fuck yeah, well, love that shit. They're looking into it all right. I know. Whatever. Figure out what the hell it is. They're all putting on Virtual Boys back then. <laughs> Whatever. I feel pretty Mimoto good. Mimoto has a virtual boy <laughs> rubber band to his head. <laughs> Please stop. I can't see. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this topic has been brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. 
Let me tell you through the product speak. Let me run you through the product features, Greg. Do it, man. I'm right here. I, mean, we're, I was thinking about getting Portia a website. Good. Because it's easy. Creating a website with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. Or if you're using a laptop, weird little trackpad thing. Yeah. It'll work on sure. a Mac. It won't work on the Origin PCs we use. It's fine. They work fine. Tim's just a big baby. Free custom domain. Squarespace makes adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free for a year. Guess what? I have TimGettys.com. How dope is that? Guess what? Nick Scarpino doesn't have NickScarpino.com. He doesn't. Because he, he doesn't play video. He doesn't know how to play video <laughs> games. He does have NickScarpino.net. So. <laughs> Beautiful templates. You can design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace. Award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more. Hey, all guys, without a single plug-in. Nick's here. What's up? Wow. Nick's angry. But he does have. Colin can stay where he's at. He's cool. Thank you. Okay, start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter code KINDAFUNNY to get 10% off your first purchase. Whole bunch of other brands and websites have used Squarespace to make their websites work and beautiful and all that stuff. Squarespace, set your website apart. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah, gotta have it, Greg. Gotta have it. That was for you. Thank you. Final topic of the day, as always. Final topic. Brought to you by you out there. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash gamescast topic and leave your topic and we will respond to you. And thank On the you show. to Steven Insler for being the Patreon producer this month. Once again, the, the Patreon producer. Patreon producer. Steven Insler. Thank you very much. Thank you, Super Steven Insler. Cerebus oh. says, hey, Tim and mm. Tim and Grawlin. Tim and Grawlin. That's, that's, our, that's, that's our ship name. Okay. Great. Hey, Tim and Grawlin. Given Mighty Number Nine's release this past week and the general reaction that it's been receiving, my question should be pretty timely. The problem is that people are going to see it and do it to me all the time now. And it's, you've cursed me now at every convention. That's great. I like it a Sorry. lot. Something needs to take you down, Greg. Yeah, you, you leave it to horse. Nick Scarpino's yeah. idiocy to it's do it to me. what he does. It's what he does. Given Mighty Number Nine's release this past week and the general reaction that it's been receiving, my question should be pretty timely. What game has disappointed you more than any other? Superman 64. Superman 64 was the one where I was reading an EGM and saw the first... No, Wizard Magazine saw the first screenshot of that and I was like, I'm going to buy an N64. Like, granted, I should have bought an N64 before that anyway. I was I, I had a Sega Saturn like an idiot. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, whatever. But that was the one that was the kick in the ass of, like, this is happening. And it kept getting delayed and getting all pushed around and Titus sucks. And, like, I remember trying to email people and get things and finally it came out and I went and bought it. And, oh, God, just what a horrible weekend playing that, flying through rings. Being devastated, trying to convince myself it was good. Bad news bears. Uh, did you beat it? No, no, I did not beat it. Colin. I finally came to and quit. I was like, um, no. draw distances were awesome in Superman. Yeah, well, yeah, they were great. Right? Uh, games I was disappointed. Saga Frontier was a massive disappointment for me on PS One. I fucking was really disappointed in that game. I thought that game sucked. I was so excited for it too. Uh, on uh, at launch on PS Two, Summoner was a huge disappointment. Yeah, the game wow. also sucked. Um, I thought that everyone was like the PS2 launch line was fucking garbage, and I'm like, well, it is, except for the Summoner looks great. Fantavision was actually a good game, and so was Smuggler's Run. But, Smuggler's Run, baby. Um, but uh, I was I was really disappointed in in uh, in that, and then I mean a lot of games disappoint me now because I'm just hard to please. So well, how much time do you have? You're impossible to please. Someone mm-hmm. say that's not true. The the answer I always give is Devil May Cry 2, just because that's the game that broke my spirits. Where I didn't think that a game of that type of caliber could be bad. Yeah. Where it's like Devil May Cry 1, fucking amazing game. Oh, I Animation 3. I hate you. 
I really hate him. My God. Animusha 3 is fan-fucking-tastic, Colin. It's so bad. No, it's not. So bad. Jan Reno fucking killed it. His whip was awesome and fun. You finally could control your characters in a day. way that made sense. It's modern day Animusha. Yeah. In Paris. Oh, oui, oui, garçon. Oh, les accoutrements. Les enfants terribles. Uh, but with Devil May Cry 1, it was such an amazing game that when the sequel is announced, I'm like, it's going to improve on the first one. And I'll never forget walking into EB, picking up my pre-order, and the guy looking at me being like, ooh, do you see the reviews? And I was like, no. And he hands me the Game Informer, and I open it up, and it was like a six. And I was like, no. No. No way. I don't even fucking believe it. And I picked up the EGM. Similar. I'm like, oh, no. Like, what? I, I felt betrayed. I really did. But the biggest disappointment in video games to me Honestly, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Oh, wow. I'm so upset that that happened the way that it did. It was no, forecasted. No, not like this. We knew. But my thing is, don't call it Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. That means there's no hope of that franchise coming back in the way that I'd like it to. Ever. It's done. Totally fucked. If that game was called Tony Hawk's fucking fuck off Roo, it, it wouldn't matter. They could have ruined that and I wouldn't care. But they took... They said this was going to be Tony, the sequel to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. They weren't even counting Thug or Thug 2, which were great games. American Wasteland even. Good. Proving ground. Losing it a little bit. Then, you know, kind of went off after that. But, like, man, to give us that piece of garbage, that piece of shit that was so, so bad and such an just offense to the, the, the people that wanted to support that shit. Right. Yeah. You know? You, and it's not like it's heart. hard to get that game right. And they did a couple things right. They, they got the soundtrack down. They nailed that much of Tony Hawk. They nailed the tone of it. The feel was just off. The goals sucked. Tony Hawk's HD collection, even that was like not perfect. It didn't feel as good as the old games did, but at least that was a step in the right direction. A lot of people like to hit on that. I, don't, I think it was at least a good game. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Never forget. Never forget. And I never will. From now on, it's called Tony Hawk's Fuckaroo. Fuck off a roo. We said that game would be okay. Tony Hawk? Yeah, no, fuck off a roo. They oh. called it that. Oh, no, like, I would have been okay with them calling okay, it. The okay. game wouldn't have been okay. The oh, game okay. would have been my apologies. I the same fucking piece of shit. Okay, but well, okay. my feelings toward it would be different because I would feel about that the same way I feel about Tony Hawk Ride. I don't care about Tony Hawk Ride. That's but not, that board was full of technology. <sighs> now I'm all fucking upset. Uh, Ayanami Chan says, what games have the best writing? I'm reminded of Colin's review of Wolfenstein The New Order where he sold me on the game with his praise on how well it was written. Sincerely. Are you not me, Chad? Mm, that's a great example of a good writing. You're talking about dialogue, you're talking about story, where are we going? I mean, any, what does that mean to you? Because I think from, you know, the story, I think Braid is a great answer. I think Shadow Colossus, yeah. they're well written, but they're, you know, the writing, the dialogue's not necessarily there. Sure. Dialogue portal. Right. I think, you know, in terms of writing, like Gone Home obviously speaks to me on an emotional level because of the writing, because of the, you know, the not only the notes and the diary entries, but then the, you know, the verbal journals that were clearly written by someone granted acted as well. Mm -hmm. I know Colin always calls out spec ops. The line. Yeah. Spec ops. The line is one of the great games in terms of writing. I big think. old Walt Williams is high. Big old with him last Walt night. Williams. Um, he's here. He was. Yeah. I thought he was in Texas. Uh, well, no, he's not living here. Oh, um, recent games. Uh, I think Wolfenstein is a great example. I would give a shout out to Valiant Hearts. I thought that was a really well written game. The Ubisoft game. Um, also, Child of Light, I think, was a fucking immaculately written game. Actually, another Ubisoft kind of bite-sized UB art or whatever they fucking mm -hmm. call that stuff game. Um, 
Banner Saga. We were talking about that earlier in the show. Great writing game. There's a lot of good writing in games. The thing, and Bioshock, of course, is probably one of the, the ultimate oh, yeah. writing experiences in games. I think that uh, the good news is that we have a lot of examples now. Yeah. So obviously the Uncharted series. Sure. I think in, in the, the bigger space, Grand Theft Auto is always crazy impressive to me how much writing is in it that's quality you know it's like the, all the characters are fleshed out in a way that like, it feels like a, a good movie not just like it feels like a movie it feels like a, a good movie and sure they do a great job with that um think about some more like character driven stuff like silent hill 2 really stands out to me um as the, the writing really built that world pyramid head way. um and then the mario the paper mario and mm. specifically mario and luigi games on the gba like those really and the all the mario rpgs they, they did a really good job of at least the older ones of kind of giving character to those characters, you know, making Luigi a actual person. Sure. Um, Ratchet and Clank, super funny. Yep. You know, nailed the, yeah, the, the new Ratchet tone of all well that written. stuff. I think all the all of the Ratchets, like I remember the new Ratchet to me just nailed how good they used to do it too. You know, just had that same feeling. Um, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time um, was really good at being funny and making you feel like a, a likable character. Uh, Xenomike says, hi guys, regarding the death of E3, what's the point of interviewing developers at these events anymore? I appreciate that they want to speak romantically about their game, but it took a year of exclusive Sean Murray interviews to give me the same info that 20 minutes of gameplay from IGN did. Stay home and work on something tangible to advertise or travel thousands of miles to give the same interview three or four times per year. Oh, they do way more than three or four times. Mm -hmm. And Greenberg, what tweeted out the other day was like, I think Scooter set up something like 40 some interviews for him or whatever. Not, not a game maker, but that's that's the kind of E3 schedule you face when you're out there to promote a game or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the point is marketing. E3 is for marketing. E3 is not for news. You know, it took you an, a year of interviews from Sean Murray to get the same thing you got at 20 minutes. Exactly. Because the people are, where's the video game journalism? Where's the video game? That's the video game journalism isn't sitting down and talking to somebody because they're going to get to a point and go, we're not ready to talk about that. We're not talking about that. You talk to some, we read these things about people responding from the, you know, Ubisoft and Activision, all these different people talking about uh, what they think of Scorpio and PlayStation 4 and Neo or whatever, right? And it's, can we believe it? I mean, clearly this was set up through their PR department and everything else. I don't know if this is their honest to God feelings on this matter. Yeah, I mean, if you, what are the point of watching these? The point of watching these is to get little bits and tidbits. I don't think it's meant to be um, that you are, it's this weird thing where I think, when you're talking about E3 interviews, you're talking about being committed to a team, whether it's GameSpot, kind of funny, IGN, whoever, and you sit there and you watch everything. When you, if you're committed to No Man's Sky, and so you hop around to see every No Man's Sky interview done, that's a bad example. So the Horizon, every E3 Horizon stop that Herman makes, then yeah, you're watching them because you hope to hear a little bit of new things out of somebody. But it's the same thing we always talk about with E3. Why not sit back and wait and have one article that newses everything and find it that way? Like, there's no what's the point of all this the point is marketing to get out there in front of IGN's audience and kind of funny's audience and GameSpot's audience to tell them why this game's great any thoughts no not really I mean I, I just I, I'm tired of talking to a lot of developers on on the record because it just sucks <laughs> you know like it's just that's just the reality of the situation like no one says anything I was actually talking to a well-known game developer um at uh, E3 um and I guess saying, you tell me no and if he was saying how Get, no, I can't believe it. And he was saying how uh, the, the industry is way too secretive and it's lame. And there's like, it's all predicated on secrets. And he was saying how um, in the movie industry, they announced the movie like four years ahead of time before it's even written. And then they, they talk very candidly about its production and, and all this kind of stuff. And no, no one cares. And in this world, like 
everyone cares and everyone's keeping their secrets as if like if everyone's trying to steal everyone's secrets like it's a little much sid meyer no i haven't talked to sid will right last year never talked to david will ballard D- david ballard's not a well-known game developer damn in our group of audience he is they the Ken Levine, <laughs> Sid Meier, Will Wright, and all right. The Geek Galore says, I've never played a true JRPG before, and the genre seems extremely daunting. What's a good entry point into such a huge and saturated genre? I know there's a lot of awful JRPGs, and I'm aware of the staples of the genre. I just feel overwhelmed overall. Persona Thank 4 Gold. For what you do. No, I wouldn't start Persona, Persona 4, 4 Gold. The game's way too big. Uh,. I would go back. I try. I think Final Fantasy Four is actually a great entry really? point. Yeah, not you wouldn't say six. Just six is a better game, but four is way more manageable and smaller. So I think that you want to have. I think four is a great place to see why story matters, why characters matter, mm-hmm. how systems work, and all that kind of stuff. I think four would be a great place to go. And you can you can play that on a bunch. You can play that on Super Nintendo. Obviously, you can play it on PS One, uh, which and the PS One Classics on PS Three and Vita. You can play it on PSP in the collection. You can play um, a, a lot places. of different ways. Uh, Wii Wii U, I think. Yeah. So. A lot of places to play that game. I'd go six or Chrono Trigger. I think both of those are, are pretty good entry points. I mean, they're obviously some of the best games ever made. So it's like I think that they represent the genre well as well as holding up today and having the stories and characters and gameplay that makes sense. I think six is six is like one of my favorite games of all time. I think it is better than four, but I think it's so big. You rather have but I mean, if you're going yeah, like you're, that, yeah, then I'd say would. Pokemon. You know, it's like I think yeah, that but six Pokemon represents has, Pokemon why doesn't have yeah, but good. Pokemon doesn't have all of the elements of what makes an RPG good. It has one element of what makes an RPG, which is the mechanics or like the battling, but it Pikachu. doesn't have a story. You know, Pokemon story sucks. Pokemon story is fucking awesome. You got to catch them all. You do, motherfuckers. Uh, let's see what's going on here. Reverse Flash says, hey guys, Resident Evil 7 was announced at E3 this year, and much to my surprise, it's a first person game. I'm all for the game going back to more horror, but changing the perspective? Hmm. Resident Evil has always been third person. I've enjoyed every installment up to this point, even though 6 was a bit on the disappointing side compared to the other games in the series. Why change the perspective? How do you guys feel about this change? Personally, I'm a big RE fan and Bob. Okay, yeah. It's time for a change. Enough is enough, and it's time for a change, as Owen Hart would say. Like, you know what I mean? You, yeah, you've had a, a lot of third-person Resident Evil games with their tanky controls, and they're shooting people in the head and not mattering, and then these last two that are just action games. Let them do something. Let them get back to basics. Let them, get, let them define what Resident Evil needs to be from here on out. Yep. Because going off in the direction they've been going, I don't think ends well for them. Yeah. I mean, I've said this many times about the Resident Evil with the VR. I think that that adds a whole new layer that brings horror back into this in the most important way. I think the horror and the making gamers feel something is the most important thing that Resident Evil can do. And I think that adding the first person perspective is a step towards that. Uh, We saw it with PT. There's something about it being you that is scarier than seeing the character. So I think it's a good call because Resident Evil, as far as I'm concerned, is dead. And I don't think that having a third person game, it's just, it's not different enough for people to give a fuck to come back or to come in for the first time and care. Sure. Arb says, Hey, coolest dudes, Tim included. Thank you. Not a specifically games related question, but bear with me. Why do comment sections exist? The IGN comment section for the articles is a haven for the worst display of behavior on the internet. On the review for the Technomancer, one commenter says that the reviewer is a douchebag who couldn't play very well. Why doesn't IGN just turn the comment section off? What reasons could they have for keeping it? It can't be for the sense of community. If anything, it'd be a negative community. Does having a comment section generate a boost in, generate or boost traffic to the article in some way? Colin? Yes, it does, and that's why they keep them on. Uh, I fought for years to get the comments shut off at IGN, as these guys can tell you, so um, to get to get the comment shut off. Um, 
I think comment sections are terrible. That's why I think that comment our comment sections and our videos are actually usually pretty positive, which is rare. Um, but I don't think any, I really literally don't think anything of value would be lost at all if you got rid of all comment sections ever on the internet. So it's it's uh, um, they are negative. They bring out the worst in people. And yeah, the reason that they're kept on in a lot of places is because people go and look in the comments and they go back and look in the comments again and they check the comments again and they and it's good for for page churn. So that's why that's why they're there. And that's not an hygienic solution. I think that's everyone. Yeah, no, it's everyone. I, I'm on kind of the other end of you. I agree that a lot of the comment sections are horrible, but that's what good moderation is for. And it's hard. It's difficult. There's no solution to this because you can't solve people. People suck, period. Um, but I think Take the comment link. section is for discussions. It's for like earlier in this episode. You're talking about that PC game. You didn't know what it was. I'm sure people will discuss it. And have um, so yeah, our comment sections are the ex- are, are an exception to the rule, though. And even then, I, I don't necessarily think they totally are. Like, there's a lot of bullshit even in our comment sections. But that's how it is. But I think that with IGN, it's it doesn't work 90 percent of the time. But it's that 10 percent of the time that I think it's worth having it because then there is a sense of community and there is a sense of having a conversation about the thing that just happened. So it's like the, like, like this and click this and subscribe here and leave a comment below. Like so much of that is just kind of like redundant bullshit, but you could use that to actually start an actual conversation with people and, and give your opinions. And I think that you can stand out that way. And I, I the reason people have it, yeah, it's page views. That's the easy business answer is there's a shit ton of that because people come back time and time again. And I think that there's, the positivity factor of it is what wins out in terms of the page views. People coming and talking all this shit. Like Perry was talking about this at his VidCon um, panel panel that he did, where it's like the problem with places like IGN is they're fundamentally built on fighting. Like it, you're either a Battlefield guy or a Call of Duty guy. You're either a play, PlayStation guy or an Xbox guy. And I think that that is why comment sections on sites like that seem so heated all the time is because it is. People are arguing and disagreeing. And I think for us, maybe sometimes it's better because we kind of have a slant, mm. you know, and mm. I think that that's why people agree. And that's why when Xbox shit's brought up, it's a fucking terror zone down there. And that's terror sucks. zone. But, you know, I just think that uh, I think that overall it's on people's personal responsibility to try to be good and try to um, res- respond positively when you see something you like down there. You know, get involved in the good conversations. Don't get involved in the bad ones and keep that going because the more people that are having positive conversations, then people are going to stop bitching about comment sections being bad and start focusing on making them better. And I think that that IGN can't make them better. You need to make them better. Right. So it's the silent majority that needs to get off the bench and go down there and say something of value and mm-hmm. then talk to other people who are saying something of value and not fall for the arguments and the trolls that are just there to get your goad to get you to yell at them. Yeah. And it's hard. It's really good. Really? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the first ever episode 75 of the kind of funny games cast. Thank you guys for joining me. This was a fun one. Thank you. This is enjoyable. We'll see you next week. I love you. I love you too.